Hey out there to all people, and rejected Power Ranger villains, this is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that never remembers where he leaves his teeth, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I'm doing good, Brandon. Okay, I gotta oh, say Oh, brother. <laughs> where are they this time? Oh my god, I lost them. I, I'm such oh, a well. goose. I don't we know can do a podcast are. without teeth. Nah, that's like, actually, if you're gonna make a podcast, it's probably better you don't have teeth. So yeah, they just get in the way. It's like swimming. You know, you don't want the hair slowing you down. Yeah, exactly. Right. You got to cut through the air like you don't have teeth. Yeah. Um, Aerodynamic podcasting. You never know. Like editing is a, a nightmare with all the teeth clicking that we do. We're just sitting there like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrible. <laughs> That's a good one. Ah, ah, and all the like the corn I'm eating while we're recording. Oh, it's just, oh, it's oh, all oh. you ever do. You like it for I. One thing I got out of my Harry's Adventure is you feel like corn is uh, a dessert. So yeah. Yes, I am double fisting corn right now. God, that's gross, Brandon. I want to watch it, though. <laughs> All right, moving on. How are you, Cortland? How has your week been? Uh, Dude, my my week was pretty, pretty rad, pretty crazy. Oh, yeah? yeah? That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anything I did <laughs> to talk about, but... It, it was a it was a week. Oh, I'm really glad it's, <laughs> it's Saturday that we're recording this podcast. Yeah. Oh man, we had snow and now it's all melting and Ooh. it's all wet and stuff. And a lot of my oh. pants, a lot of my pants are too long for me. So like the bottoms get all wet and then I'm like, you know, when I take them off and ugh. what a horrible feeling, dude. You wouldn't even understand anymore because you don't even have any moisture in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> You say that, but today was like the craziest rainstorm Really, I've been in in a long time. Yeah, I was just walking. I was just out at the markets seeing people selling their uh, crystals and uh, homemade candles and stuff. And then just out of nowhere, it was just like, yep, this is a fucking biblical storm. (laughs) Well, at least you guys don't have a... I mean, it's summer there, so at least you guys aren't going to go into another drought, maybe. Well, that do the universe. I mean, never. I remember last time. So did you buy any homemade candles? Because we're making homemade candles right now. We're actually doing like goosebumps and uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark inspired scents with them. Yeah, I am so excited for those candles. We have already created the Mystic Vapors. Oh, amazing. I'm really excited because we're going to try and like do, we're going to try and add them to like a giveaway, the next giveaway we do for the end of season two of Goosebumps. So you're going to have to put a, like a disclaimer on that mystic vapors one. Like, Oh, right. Well, we have to anyway. Can't can't guarantee that it will summon an otherworldly wizard. We can't can't guarantee that it won't though. Well, it could, it could come about the end of days, but it probably won't maybe, (laughs) but we actually have to put a disclaimer on there that says like flammable (laughs) (laughs) could cause fires. I've ever heard. Well, you know, if we don't put it on there and somebody wins it and then they're like, hey, this this is hot. Like, it could, it could sue me. So you yeah. got to make sure we That's get a little I can, sticker I can on there. See, I can see why you'd have to do that. But also. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's fun. It's really fun to make candles because you get to, like, combine scents and stuff. That's the best part. Like, what the fuck's the point of a candle that doesn't smell good? So we've been, mm-hmm. like, experimenting and, and making wax melts and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Like, uh. I feel like a, a colonial woman when I say I'm making candles, but it's a good yeah. time. I like it. It sounds pleasant. It's good. Like, you gotta melt the wax, and you gotta pick the sands, and you gotta... It's fun. You gotta 
put the color in. Candle making cool. is a production. It is. It's a very big production. But my wife loves it, and I love it too. So that's what we're, we've been doing. We've been making candles for the past like month or so. Well, that is delightful. Yeah, we have one that smells like Captain Crunch Berries. It's great. Whoa. Yeah. How does it taste? I haven't tasted it yet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Probably waxy. Yeah. Probably doesn't scratch the roof of your mouth as much as Ooh, you know, it probably does normal crunch berries. Leaves that waxy coating on your tongue that you're just like nah. Like like really inexpensive chocolate does. Oh, okay. Well, like pluses Easter and minuses chocolate. then. Yeah, when your family's like, Oh fuck, I gotta get Easter candy and then they get the cheap shit and then you eat it and you're like, This is waxy and I hate it. Yeah. Just pure oil. Yeah. So how was your week, Brandon? Anything sweet happen to you? Um, I mean, nothing much. Pretty uneventful week. Uh, there was that rain. Pretty crazy. Oh, right. Rain. Crazy. And, uh... What what did you get at the market? Did you get anything sweet? No, I got nothing. What the fuck? Why'd you even go? some new shoes. Oh, okay. All right. That was pretty dope. Um... Were they handmade? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they were cobbled together before my eyes. (laughs) I watched them slaughter the cow to get the leather. Oh my god, what a production. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad you had a good week, Brandon. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, now what, that's Brandon? all I've got. Okay. Now, Cortland, I think, I think we have to talk about Tequila Monster. Tequila Monster! Tequila you Monster! Know, I love, first of all, I love this name because when we were in, we were in like, what, seventh grade? We had to read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And mm-hmm. I thought when the teacher was like, we're going to read To Kill a Mockingbird, I thought she said Tequila Mockingbird. So <laughs> yeah, there's no tequila. you thought that. Yeah, I did for a little while. Until we got the book in our hands, I was like, oh boy, tequila. Oh. <laughs> I didn't, I was a very naive young boy and I didn't actually have my first drink of tequila until I was like 17 years old. But I was excited for Tequila Mockingbird. And then it was actually Tequila Mockingbird and I got even more excited because killing stuff, right? Right. It's an action-packed book, I'm sure. And then we watched the movie, and it was great. Because that one time... Also action-packed. Yeah, there's the girl, and she's in a ham suit. I loved it. Um, <laughs> this episode, To Kill a Mock... To Kill... Ooh, I almost said To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Monster. I was expecting some action-packed shit. Yeah. And you got it, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first, like, half of this episode, though, is pretty pretty boring. Um, it's not a lot of action, that's for sure. No, there's no monsters to be killed yet. Character relationships. It's an interesting, interesting episode, though. It's another Ron Oliver. Um, Yeah, written and directed. Well, I mean, didn't didn't R.L. Stein write it? I mean, the screenplay, written and directed by ya boy Ron Oil. I liked it. I liked it. It's fun. It's a fun episode. Um, The kids are... You know, you know what though? I gotta say, Brandon, this is the sweatiest episode that we've ever had. I feel like every time we're looking at these kids, they got beads of sweat on their face. Like it's visibly where they, sweaty. Where did yes. they film this woman? Did they film this in uh, like the bayous of Louisiana or something? I doubt it. I'm sure it was filmed. <laughs> I in, did too. You know, sweaty Canada. I guess, and the only like the only hot day they had, Ron Oliver was like, "All right, we're doing it all in one up, think, one take here." Do you think the sweat was added? Because I was just thinking, like, they very easily, you know, a makeup person or whatever runs up between takes and dabs the sweat away. But if they wanted the sweat there to make it look like they were in the bayous, that's probably what it is. They sprayed them up. Yeah, there's kind of, like, the theme of, like, spicy hot 
mm-hmm. atmosphere in this episode. So, yeah. I mean, I think it was intentional, but man, these kids are sweaty. Like, every time we look at their face, there's just beads of sweat on their brows and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. poor babies. Dripping. Ron, Ol- Ron Oliver's got you cooped up in a hot-ass house. <laughs> I'm kidding. I would never say anything negative about my boy Ron Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we should probably just get started talking about the episode. I will say one last thing before we get started. I like, nope. I like that we the monster design is pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, we'll I know you said he was a rejected about... Power Ranger monster, which is totally true. But I love the monster. Yeah, we will talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so the episode starts with an establishing shot of a swamp, yeah. and we hear some twangy guitar music, as you know you tend to hear in these kinds of things. I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect to be back in a swamp again, but yeah, yet here we are. I thought, I really, truly thought this was going to be like monster under the bed kind of situation, and then we were in a swamp, and I was like, well, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, the swamp is pretty important to the story. I mean, it's not, not as central as the, you know, fever swamp, but mm-hmm. it is a swampy episode. Yeah. And it's a swamp is like... It's like a pretty specific setting that you wouldn't think would be repeated so soon. Yeah, exactly. But then again, like how many random suburban neighborhood episodes have we gotten? They're so much more relatable to me, though. That's true. We see a taxi cab from above in the middle of nowhere. Two kids have stepped out of it, and the car takes off. Yeah, the taxi cab's like, fuck these kids. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like... You know, oh, we're in the middle like, beep, of the beep. woods. Middle See of nowhere. <laughs> Bye, kids. Good luck. <laughs> not even like a, are you sure? You know, we're, I'm not leaving you to your death. No, you don't care. No, nah, it's out of there. Got my money. <laughs> There's an older girl whose name is Gretchen, and she's adorned with sunglasses and a beret so that you know she's cool. The younger boy named Clark is wearing a goddamn sweater vest. Oh man! So, so we got that's everything we need to know about Clark. We got fucking God. I don't know, Charles St. Clair, Hoggingston, Poplowski, Juliet the Third, and then we got Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've seen this episode before. I gotta say, Gretchen's sporting a lot of like she's very matched. She's got like a purple bag. She's got purple boots on. Um, I mm. like her outfit a lot. I think it looks really good. <laughs> her aesthetic as a, is as a definitely purple. I like it. She's great. So Gretch looks around at the nondescript trees and dirt and says, I guess this is it. Mm-hmm. Clark replies, you guess? And sneezes due to his allergies. Because, oh, of course, he's allergic to everything. Yeah, right. This is the only time he sneezes, right? Uh, no, he sneezes again. He oh, sneezes okay. two times. Okay. But, Cortland, is it is it anything, like, based in reality that nerdy kids have allergies? Or the other way around, people with allergies just become nerds? Because that's hmm. it's such a pervasive TV trope that any well, character who's wearing glasses and likes fantasy books, like, he's of course going to be allergic to all sorts of things. We just saw it in Monster Blood again on a plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mormons, yeah. Uh, I I knew one kid that had really bad allergies who was kind of nerdy, but he was like, he wasn't like Dungeons and Dragons and video game nerds. He was like music nerd, the nerdiest of nerds. Maybe 
I don't know. He wasn't anything like so, this. So what though. you're saying is, yes, it's, it's it's just fact. So if you are born and you take an allergy test, it's basically the most defining feature of your future <laughs> life of nerd nerdism. Yeah. This is what clique you're going to belong to for the rest of your life. That's how it works. Like, oh, you're not allergic to anything. Well, here's a surfboard. Yeah, like, here's a football. You're going to be good. And then if you sneeze when they put a baby's breath flower in your face... They give you a Dungeons and Dragons book, and they say, <laughs> "Enjoy," and you do because Dungeons and Dragons is great. That's all you can do. Just hang out in basements and play this. Can't go yeah. outside. No, because you're probably allergic to the sunlight too. Yeah, of course. So Clark asks Gretchen, "Were your grandparents supposed to pick us up at the airport?" Which is something he probably should have asked a long time ago. Yes, maybe in the taxi right there. Yeah, maybe at the airport. <laughs> Gretchen makes the excuse that they're just old and senile. Oh, Meanwhile, perfect. Clark is pacing in circles, complaining about mosquitoes and frogs and alligators. I would do the same. I like alligators. Have you ever seen an alligator? I mean, I got, you did live in Louisiana for a time. No. Not in the okay. wild. Okay. Me neither. We had one at the zoo, and I'd, I love it. I'd freak out, I'm sure. Dude, I would too, right? Alligators are scary. And crocodiles? I don't even know what I'd do if I seen a crocodile. Oh my god! Probably scream. Have, have you seen a crocodile in person? No, they're too big. Because it's it's really hard to like understand just how big they are until you see them in person. Like they are huge. I've never seen a, an alligator. I've never really seen a shark. I mean, I've been to like the aquarium and stuff, but nah, yeah, I touched that's the thing. I've ne- one time. I don't know how big. I can't. Like my mind can't imagine how big like a great white shark is. Yeah, like a I've whale never shark. seen one in person because you can't even see those in aquariums, so yeah. I'll just never or, know. Or a whale. Yeah. Same, same. Because I ain't getting on the ocean, you guys. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Staying off the ocean. Yeah, I was in the ocean one time, and it was great, but I didn't go very far because I was scared. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. Well, you're spooky. still alive, so you made the right decision. I know, right? Can you... Okay, so... One of the things I like to, I don't like to think about it, but I have accidentally thought about is how it's acceptable to, like, swim in the ocean where, like, a lot of people have died. Like, (laughs) a lot of dead people in the ocean. But if somebody were to die in, like, a pool or something, like, nobody would want to swim in it. Yeah. It's tainted. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just the ocean. The ocean is so diluted. So, like, the death kind of spreads out among all the water. Whereas in a pool, the death just sits there. I think that's what it's got nowhere to go. Right. That's just science. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to swim in a pool where somebody died. Hell no. (laughs) That's gross. (sighs) Gretchen rolls her eyes at all that shit about mosquitoes and frogs and stuff. But Clark says that he's going to go home and he just starts walking in a random direction. Okay. Good luck with that. (laughs) Gretchen tells him to wait and points out a brightly colored wooden sign that they've just seen. It shows a big flaming cauldron and says, Rose's Red Hot Gumbo, with a sign pointing in a direction. It's, yep, it's this way, you guys. Yep. I find this weird because it doesn't seem like they have, like, a gumbo shop built in this house that we eventually get to. So, I don't know why it's advertised. Spoilers, uh, they just kind of have gumbo. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like they don't seem to sell it out of their home or anything. Maybe they take it to market. Did you see gumbo when you went to the market? <laughs> no, no. Weird. I wish I had because I've never had gumbo and I that want to. Like, question. what's the difference between gumbo and chili? I don't know. Um, <gasps> okra, maybe. I don't know. 
<laughs> I'll never know. They ain't making gumbo in Australia, that's for sure. <laughs> Mm-mm. Gretchen is like, Rose, that's my grandma's name. And she starts walking in the direction that the sign points to. That's that's that. Yeah. Clark asks the question, what the hell is gumbo? Mm-hmm. And Gretchen explains, not very helpfully to, you know, those of us who don't know what it is. She says, it's grandma's specialty. It's a kind of soup. So that's that, I guess. And that's that. Clark... Clark then asks the very reasonable question of why it's not just called soup, then. And Gretchen gives the reasonabler answer that because it's called gumbo. Okay. Yeah. Nice back and forth I've got going. Yeah. I thought they do that a little bit here. I kind of like it. I like their, re- yeah. their relationship. So their relationship is that they're like stepbrothers and stepsister, right? Step siblings, yes. Yeah. Which is cool. I don't think we've really had that yet. So I like huh, that take on it. It's a uh, it's a new sort of relationship. Yeah, Arl Stein was on book number like sixty two, and he's like, "Oh, how do I have these kids relating in a uh, stepbrother and sister?" And they'll Spice be in a uh, swamp. <laughs> and there's tequila, hopefully. <laughs> they make their way through the woods until they get to a clearing, and then they see it—a big, run-down-looking mansion. Yeah, but not quite as run-down as the Fever Swamp Mansion. No, I guess house. not. Tiny house. It, it's interesting, though. This house has no windows. There's, like, one window in it. Yeah. Keep so that, out that No wonder they were heat. all sweaty. Yeah, just keep that swampy hot boxing in there, I guess. <laughs> Ugh. Gretchen goes up to the door and knocks. There's a loud, menacing roar in the background, and Clark says, Oh, what was that? Gretch tells him that it was probably just a frog, even though it clearly wasn't. No, it was clearly a fucking monster. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) That's a monster. (laughs) Like, if if I was in the swamp, I'd like to think, you know, I hear unfamiliar sounds. I wouldn't immediately jump to, that's a monster. But, like, that was clearly a monster. (laughs) It was a roar like a monster. (laughs) Yeah, what else in the swamp makes that kind of sound? A frog's brain, don't worry about it. Swamp bears, swamp, <laughs> swamp, swamp deer? sharks, swamp, swamp deer, lions. Brandon. They've acclimated and they deer roar now. cannot survive in the swamp. They haven't evolved <laughs> to eat they, meat they do. and roar. Those deer, they do everything they can to die so they're not in the swamp anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they jump into swimming pools and die in there. And then nobody wants to swim and in then, them. And then no one can swim in them anymore. <laughs> Gretchen continues knocking on the door gently, and then gives up, saying, No one's home. There's another roar, and Clark says, There is now, and busts through that door. I would which is that. actually just open anyway. Well, they forgot to try the doorknob. Inside is a nightmare menagerie of taxidermied animals. All over the walls, hanging from wires on the ceiling, and displayed proudly on shelves. Clark turns around, and he comes face to face with a gator's head. And he's like, fuck this, I'm going back to the swamp. (laughs) Gretchen ignores this and calls up a staircase for her grandparents. Clark looks up the stairs and tells her, it's dark up there. It might be dangerous. You go first. Shut up, Clark. He does. That was pretty great. (laughs) Like, there's danger. Go first, Gretchen. Yes. Sacrifice yourself for me. Clark says that he never even wanted to come to this godforsaken swamp. Gretchen asks him, 
What were you going to do? Go on the honeymoon with them? Oh, I was just going to ask you if there is what the reason is that they're there, but I guess I explained. Yep, it. this is the exposition right here. Okay. Clark tells her there wouldn't even be a honeymoon if your dad hadn't begged my mom to marry him. And Gretchen says, oh, hell no, it was all your mom's idea. Yeah. So there we go. That's the sitch. These two kids. There's no mutual love. One of them did it. <laughs> <laughs> they get to the top of the stairs and call out, but no one responds. Gretchen sees some light coming from beneath a door and says, maybe they're in there. She slowly reaches for the door handle, trying to build as much tension as she can. But then suddenly, there's a hand on Clark's shoulder, and an old woman is standing there. It's Grandma. Grandma Rose. <laughs> Nana Rose. She pulls Gretchen and a very uncomfortable Clark in for a hug. Then she says, All right, then. Come on, pull one scumbo. And leads them back downstairs. But not before she takes a suspicious look into the door that Gretchen had just opened. Yeah, because she knows there's shit in there. Yeah. In the room, on a table, there's a large mass of something covered with a white sheet. The camera closes in on it as a slimy, monstrous-looking hand flops out of it. Oh, shit. It's a pretty early reveal. Like, I know it's just a tease, but right away it's like, there's a monster. <laughs> yeah, we've been getting a lot of early reveals in these episodes lately. Ron, uh, Ron's just like, let's do it, let's get it over with. <laughs> There's Show just the not time. Some of these episodes, you get to like minute 16 or 17 yeah, without seeing the villain or whatever. I thought, like, while I was watching this one, I was like, I feel like this is lasting a really long time. I hope this isn't actually a two-parter. And it's not, so that's good. No, it moves. Downstairs, we see Gretchen and Clark struggling to eat the flaming Hot Gumbo, taking plenty of sips of water. Grandma, meanwhile, is stirring a massive oil drum full of gumbo on top of the stove. Yes. So much gumbo. She's yelling for her gumbo. I mean, if they're selling the stuff, you gotta make a lot. She tells the kids, I guess you two must be happy to be down here, away from that noisy, crowded old city. Ugh, cities, am I right? So Don't get me started. <laughs> Clark... The whiny little shit that he is responds, Yeah, I was getting really tired of having a good time. Hmm. Shut up, Clark. Yeah, <laughs> Gretchen kicks him under the table. <laughs> then she tells Grandma, This gumbo is delicious. I've never tasted chicken done like this before. Oh boy, and here we go. From off screen, a man's voice says, That's because it ain't chicken. It's gator. This guy... This yeah. earnest-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, Vern, is that him? you? I do. He's, he's great. <laughs> he's outrageous. He's, he's got a very expressive face. Mm -hmm. He does have a face, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see Grandpa's Jed Clampett-looking ass walk in and stick a finger in Clark's gumbo. He says, needs more hot sauce, and pours it in. <laughs> A generous amount. <laughs> yeah, of like... It's just colored liquid, but it's in like a hot sauce yeah. jar. <laughs> but he's putting that hot sauce in there. This young child's gumbo. He gives Gretchen a big hug. Then he's formally Aww. introduced to Clark. His instant grandson, as he calls him, and shakes his hand. Clark wipes his hand with a napkin after he walks away. Oh my god. 
I love this. So one of the uh, running jokes of this episode is that the grandma doesn't know Clark's name. So she keeps calling him Craig. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's just like in Frozen Ghost where they kept calling uh, Melissa Joan Hart Daphne or no, wait, was her name Daphne? Deborah? Debbie. I think they called her Debbie and her name is Daphne. Oh, you're right. (laughs) More Frozen Ghost comparisons. Yeah, which was also directed by Ron Howard. Not at all uh, huh. coincidence. Well, shit. Shit indeed, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yes. Clark asks Gramps, so you're a hunter? Grandpa tells him, not today. I got all the way to the swamp and forgot my bullets. I can't Aww. seem to remember anything these days. Early onset all And Clark sassily says... No kidding. By early, I mean, like, full on, but. <laughs> yeah. It's like, way after. Yeah. <laughs> Aforementioned Alzheimer's. <laughs> Grandma reminds Grandpa that he forgot to pick the kids up from the airport. Gramps oh. says, Oh, did I know about that? <laughs> Grandma says, <laughs> This is great. <laughs> Grandma says, All that stuff don't matter. And she thinks it's going to be a very exciting weekend. From upstairs, a loud roar shakes the house. Clark is freaked out and asks if anyone else heard that. Grandma's like, huh? What loud roar? <laughs> yeah, the loud roar, by the way, sounds like a pig that's like just gotten fed like slop or something. <laughs> <laughs> An excited wild boar, perhaps. Yeah. Grandpa Grandpa says it was uh, swamp gas. Yeah, that's it. That makes sense. This entire time, they're just ripping chunks out of this giant-ass loaf of bread, too. It looks delicious. I love bread. Mm, I love bread. Gretchen says, Clark thinks it's some kind of giant frog or something. And everyone no, laughs. He, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting words in no. his mouth. He, he just mentioned that there were frogs in the swamp, and she... Wasn't she that. the one? Wasn't she the one that was like, oh, it's probably a frog? Earlier, yeah. She put words in this little asshole's mouth. <laughs> Clark's stupid. He thinks it's just a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a good laugh about that, family. Clark says, what's so funny, huh? It's possible. All those creatures out there, living in oh, the swamps shit. for centuries, surrounded by slime and weird mystic vapors and stuff, and maybe oh, some new kind of animal evolved. Something we haven't seen before. And it's out there. Right now. Clawing from the ooze. Oh my, shut crawling up. Crawling towards this house. Hungry for the taste oh. of human flesh. Jesus. This kid just wouldn't yeah. shut up. He goes the fuck on for a while. He monologues about it for like half a minute. Yeah, it's most of this episode. Oh my god. Because like the, the camera like pans away into the swamp and he's still talking and then we like get into bed and he's still fucking talking and <laughs> Yeah. So that speech must have tired everyone out because the next one thing we see is Gretchen asleep in bed. <laughs> then we we cut to swamp water bubbling. Then back oh, to Gretchen. No. Then back to the bubbles. What? There's Why? a roar and she gets up to check out the window. She can't see much from the window. And she leaves her room and starts to walk toward that mysterious room from before. When she does, she bumps into Grandpa, who says, Can't sleep? She says she was just looking for some water. Yeah, because she's hot. Yeah, of course she's hot. It's a fucking swamp and someone is spraying her with fake sweat. (laughs) (laughs) 
Grandma appears from out of nowhere now to say, You aren't going to find any water in there. Grandpa and Grandma go back and forth, finishing each other's sentences, saying, Mm -hmm. It's just an old storage room filled with old stored things. My favorite part about this interaction is that Gretchen's like, well, maybe me me and Clark tomorrow, we can go in there and check it out. And the, they immediately look at each other for a second and they go, no. <laughs> yep. At the same time. <laughs> That's the best part. They're just like, nope, stupid. <laughs> you ain't going in there. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Have you not listened to everything we just said? This is our mansion. You can't go into this one singular room. Then the grandma-grandpa duo again says, back and forth, It's dangerous in there. Things might fall over. You wouldn't want to get crushed by an old stored thing now, would you? We're fucking hoarders. Everything (laughs) imaginable is in that room because we just hoard it all in there. Yeah. Well, have you seen the stuff they keep out of that storage room? (laughs) They're like, didn't you see that episode, Let's Get Invisible, in that attic? It's basically that. Just don't go in there. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a Goosebumps episode in there. The two look at Gretchen a bit creepily, and Grandpa says, I'll get you that glass of water. Oh, what a nice guy. <laughs> he says it very creepily, though. You've got to put in a clip of that. You got it. And he walks away, making full eye contact with her the entire time. <laughs> God, he does say it creepy. <laughs> <laughs> the next day... The next day, Gretchen is just chilling, putting some clothes away, when we see a creeper cam shot of someone watching her from a crack in the door. Mm. Unaware, she goes to open the door, and screams when she sees a humanoid figure in a large trench coat with an alligator head. She screams again, and the camera zooms in three times, and her scream goes, ah, 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 every time it zooms in. I love it, I love it. It's silly. Oh, my God. But it's just Clark, of course, having a goof. She says, I'm going to get you, sucker. And Clark tells her, you have to catch me first. And he runs away. Cut to Gretchen in some kind of weird dark room with yet another staircase. Yeah. She climbs it all the while talking about how she's going to get Clark and that he has to sleep sometime and how she's going to murder him in his sleep, etc. And then... She reaches the top of the stairs, and it's just a sheer drop. Yeah, like, it's a little aisle way, and then it just stops, and it just leads to the ground. Yeah. Weird. It's a staircase to nothing. It's a staircase to death, is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. It's very confusing why this would exist. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what R.L. Stein was thinking when he wrote that. (laughs) And I would imagine this isn't her first trip to her grandparents' house. Like, I don't think that they just moved in here. They probably have been living here for decades. Mm-hmm. Making gumbo. And she's probably been here before. And the staircase to nowhere is probably something you'd remember. Maybe it's a new addition. <laughs> <laughs> just put in that staircase, worry about where it goes later? Yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe. They are old. They don't know what's going on. Neither do I. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite gumbo chef. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we've got. We are just so thankful for you spending some time with us. 
Are you looking to support the show and get access to some sweet bonus content? Check out patreon.com slash private island and become a patron. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing, which is usually about two weeks early. Higher tiers get more rewards like stickers, t-shirts, bonus episodes, and so much more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth Eddie, Tristan, Venice Witch, Sarah, and our newest patron, Redemption, the Silver Goth Shane, Stephen, Matt, Geraldine, Evelyn, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days Angela, Faith, Sarah, and Matt, and the Platinum Bostics Brian, Bryce, Farron, and Kathy. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I really appreciate it. If you want to connect with us on social media, give us a follow on Instagram at Private Island Presents, on Twitter at PRVT Island, join our Up All Night Facebook group and Discord server, or send us an email at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. We make a ton of content for every episode, like handmade GIFs and videos, memes every Friday, live watch parties on Instagram on Wednesdays, and so much more. There's always stuff to laugh at and enjoy. If you've got art or memes, we love sharing them to our stories and interacting with fans of ours or anything horror anthology. I've been streaming a lot on Twitch, too. So check it out, twitch.tv slash privateislandc, and watch me play some Dead by Daylight. I love having a good time with viewers, so chat in and say hi. Our season wrap-up is coming up soon, so get your questions in for our Ask Us Anything segment. You can ask Brandon and I any of your burning questions, and we'll answer them on our Season 2 wrap-up episode. Just send us an email or connect with us on social media. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on our music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. I just want to say thank you again for listening into our show. This week we crossed the 70,000 download threshold, and it's all thanks to you. You mean so much to us, and really, you make all that hard work worth it. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Gretchen says, What happened to the floor? Then she leaves that room and continues down the hallway. There's banging coming from one of the rooms, and she assumes that it's Clark. It just so happens to be that storage room that she's obsessed with. She tells Clark that he's going to be in so much trouble, and that they're not supposed to go in there. But she goes into the room smiling, clearly happy to have a reason to explore it. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, Clark, you little asshole, you're going to get us in trouble. And then she opens up the door, and she's like, by the way, are you even in here? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) She walks into the room and turns on the light. Then she notices some movement coming from beneath a sheet on the table, and she lifts it. She screams as she comes face to face with a slimy monster with sharp teeth, even though the monster just kind of lays there and makes sounds. Yeah. Alright, so this is our first look at the monster's face and everything. Let's talk about the monster. Okay. It kind of looks bird-like to me. Yeah? It has a beak. It has a beak-like face, which I guess you could say is like a snapping turtle. Oh, yeah. Which is a very swampy animal. And that, like, that reminded me of Toka from Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yep, I can see that. Yeah. It is kind of bird-like, kind of dinosaur-looking. And it also looks like uh, a big thing of fried chicken. (laughs) Like, that's the skin texture it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it reminded me, like, I know we haven't seen it up and about, or out and about, if you will. And mm. um, I think that it looks kind of like uh, those 
bird creature things from Dark Crystal, if you've seen that. I don't remember if you've seen oh. that one. I've seen the creatures. I haven't seen the movie, but I know what they look like. Okay. Gretchen runs out of the room and bumps into Clark. She says, we gotta go tell Grandma and Grandpa. Clark says, hell no, I'm not eating any more of that Gumby stuff. Ugh, Gumby. (laughs) So when I was a little kid, before I knew how to tell time, my brother used to tell me, like, if we were on a car ride or something, I'd be like, oh my god, how much longer? And my brother would be like, oh, we're about three episodes of Gumby away. I'd be like, oh, okay. (laughs) Did I ever really watch Gumby, though? No, I did not. So I don't know why he decided to use that as a measurement of time, but there we go. But it worked. It did. Gretchen tells Clark that he was right. There is a swamp monster in that room. Clark is like, sure. And he walks back into the room. Gretchen yells at him to come out. Then he screams. She runs back into the room to see what's the hubba. But when she does, Clark laughs and says... False alarm, Gretchen. Gretchen, you stupid. You fucking idiot trying to save me. (laughs) The table in the room is now empty. Gretchen is like, the fuck? Then they hear sounds from outside. The two kids check out a window and see Grandpa driving away in a motorcycle with (laughs) Grandma in a little sidecar. (laughs) Yeah. Why? They're adorable. (laughs) Clark is like, they forgot about us again? I told my mom not to marry into this family. Mm -hmm. There's a little grumbly sound, and Clark tells Gretchen, Sounds like Grandma Rose put a little too much sauce in your gumbo. (laughs) Uh And Gretchen tells him, that wasn't me. They both slowly turn to see a six foot five, roaring, snarling swamp monster. (laughs) And it's... It makes a lot of noise, Corbin. This is a very loud monster. Yeah, it sounds like a Godzilla monster. It sounds like the xenomorphs from Aliens, because it's the exact same sound. Is it? Okay. Yes. I thought I recognized it a little bit. I thought it was from Godzilla. It might be from Godzilla as well, I'm not sure. But it is definitely from Aliens. Sounds a little bit like an elephant, too. (laughs) It's got that elephant sort of sound. It's playing all over the place right now. (laughs) It is on a constant loop as any time the monster is on screen. Gretchen runs out of the room, but Clark just stands there like a lemon. She runs back in to pull him out of the room and then slams the door on the creature's face. Yeah, because it goes in like face first. It shrinks back into the room. Yeah. Then when they turn around, the creature is there now somehow? I couldn't quite piece this part together. So Gretchen gets an idea and she runs up the staircase to nowhere. The creature follows them, and when they get to the top, they jump onto the rails on the side of the stairs, but the creature just keeps walking and walks straight (laughs) off the edge and plops onto the ground. Piece of cake, son. (laughs) I really, really like this this scene. I think it's great. I love the way that the monster just falls to the ground and, like, plops like a pile of shit. It's great. (laughs) Yes. But, like, I really quick thinking on on Gretchen's part, though. I like that they immediately used that stairway to nothing. It was great. Yeah. Like, there's no reason it should exist, but as long as it does, put it to use. You gotta use it to kill something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was excellent. I liked it a lot. The kids talk about if the monster's dead or not, but decide to just go get the hell out of there anyway. Gretchen is just calmly like, I wonder why Grandma and Grandpa wouldn't tell us about that abomination. Hmm. (sighs) But Clark doesn't care. He says, All I want to do is 
get out of here and get back into the city where the monsters are human. Yes. Wow. Deep take right there, but... So deep. When the kids get to the front door, they find that it's been locked from the inside. Weird. Yeah. Clark thinks they locked it on purpose so that the monster would eat them. Gretchen tells him to get a grip and that there's another door in the kitchen. Okay. But when they get to the back door, that's locked too. Yeah, with a big old padlock. So I thought... Here's where I thought, like, the twist was going to go. Because, yeah. first of all, I thought there was a twist after the monster thing. I thought it was going to be, like, Grandma and Grandpa are, like, monster hunters. And they wanted to, like, test the kids to be monster hunters. Part of the family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, that's not how it happens, so. It's not that. And it's definitely not that they're all a family of monsters and they waited to tell the kids. till their 13th like, birthday, yeah. Yeah. You're monsters now, even though not you, Clark, because you're not actually (laughs) part of the same. (laughs) Gretchen then notices a note attached to the stove. It says, Dear Gretchen and Greg, Sorry to leave you alone like this. We had to go into town on a very important errand. Please be careful and stay out of the storage room upstairs. (sighs) Okay. Clark rolls his eyes and says, a little late for that, don't you think? Which is a weird thing to say, because it's it's like their fault. I mean, fault. it's their fault. But... <laughs> if they just would have read the note before disobeying all the rules, then... True, 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 true. Wouldn't have happened, but uh, whatever. Gretchen says, Oh, Grandpa must have killed that thing while he was out hunting. Except it didn't stay dead. Clark wonders why they wouldn't have been told about the monster then. And she guesses that they uh, probably just forgot about it because they're old. Mm, okay. She says, well, one thing's for sure. It is definitely dead now, and it won't be coming back again. Exactly. Clark's eyes get very wide, and he starts muttering like an idiot. Gretchen <laughs> eventually clues in and runs to the door. She slams the door and locks it, and the kids both put their weight on the door as the monster slams into it. Gretchen gets another idea. And we see a quick montage of the kids grabbing ingredients from shelves. I love Basically it. Basically everything in the kitchen. Just everything I mean, they, they put their hands on. They try to go for like hot things, but. Yeah, yeah but that's all the things in the everything. kitchen. Like they just grab like an onion and like a red bell pepper, which are not hot. And then. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get to work. We see it all assembled in a giant pile next to grandma's oil drum of gumbo. Clark asks. You think this is going to work? And Gretchen says, it has to. Let's do it. Then we see another quick cut montage of them throwing every spice, pepper, and hot sauce into the pot and stirring it vigorously. I love it. It's like an episode of uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. This quick editing of them throwing shit into the gumbo. It's great. It's like one of those like Instagram things where it's just quick yeah. cuts of... Here's a little spoonful of this and a little bowl of that. I love it. Yeah. This is the birth of, uh, you know, quick recipe gifts. (laughs) Yeah. They declare that the gumbo is ready, which is just in time as the monster bursts through the door, just as the kids have hidden in a closet. The monster walks forward and takes a little sniff of that gumbo. It roars a little bit and Clark says, it's not going to eat it. (laughs) But then, next thing we see is the monster going hard on that gumbo. It wanted it. Yeah, it was hungry. <laughs> yeah. 
It's gobbling it down and only taking little breaks to come up and roar and then back down <laughs> to the gumbo. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. It's just like, oh, I'm up, I'm up. and then it lifts its head up and does a little elephant. <laughs> like a victory <laughs> roar. <laughs> I love this. Oh. That's what I would do when I eat, though. <laughs> <laughs> just do, do little roars. Yeah, especially if I like it. <laughs> but then the monster starts smoking from the mouth, and the creature starts convulsing. It falls uh-huh. over on the ground again, and they wonder for the second time in like 15 minutes if the creature is dead. Mm-hmm. Clark wants to get the fuck out of there, but Gretchen wants to be sure that it's dead. A she goes idea. to tap it with her foot, then Clark jump scares her from behind, saying, Let's just go! Gretchen gets a third idea in as many minutes, and the kids go down into the cellar. They get yeah. down there, and the basement is essentially a dungeon, Cortland. Yeah, it is. So she's basically like, I know, let's lock ourselves in the cellar. <laughs> she's like, I worked yeah. in Night of Living Dead, let's do it now. Yeah, anyone who doesn't do that is a yo-yo. <laughs> Gretchen's idea is to climb up the old-timey coal chute. Okay. They have a coal chute. Sure. That's a thing. The the kids start arguing about who's at fault it is that the monster is chasing them in the first place, even though it's definitely Gretchen's. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the monster is making its way quietly down the stairs. (laughs) Yeah. It is strategically not roaring. (laughs) Yes. It's like, all right, I'm not going to roar, even though it physically pains me not to roar. (laughs) Because I need the element of surprise. A great tactic. (laughs) Once it is close to them, though, it starts doing its roar all over. (laughs) And the kids spring into action. Gretchen is like, all right, let's climb the coal chute. Clark lifts her up and is immediately like, just save yourself. I'll just die. (laughs) The monster gets closer to Clark, roaring all the way. He takes his hand and he shoves it into the monster's mouth. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was him, like, punching the monster or if the monster, like, was eating him a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was on purpose or not. I think he punches it because he goes, ha, when he jams his fist into his mouth. It's a punch. It's official. (laughs) Fish. Then there's, like, a 30-second sequence of the kids going back and forth between Clark screaming and Gretchen yelling, Clark! Oh, my God. It's just Clark! Ah! Clark! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) except for much longer yeah (laughs) oh my god eventually the creature spits out clark's fist and it starts sneezing it falls on the ground again clark says is it actually dead this time no (laughs) but to answer that question Cortland, the camera closes in on the monster's head (laughs) which fucking explodes (laughs) yes (laughs) Oh man, loved it. And both kids are bathed in green slime. So good. Oh wow. I love when things blow up. Yeah, me too. Later on, the kids are walking through the woods. Clark says, why I'm go? not sure why the monster reacted that way. And then he sneezes for the second time. Oh, okay, alright. Gretchen says, That's it. The monster was allergic to you. And Clark thinks that that's dope. They are so gooey right now. Yeah, they are full of goo. They didn't even try to scoop the goo off them. Nope. 
they just accept their new life of being covered in goo. Yep, they've got a makeup person coming in between takes and adding more goo to them. <laughs> and then spraying the goo down with fake sweat. Ugh. Clark then gets all sentimental and apologizes for being such a little shit. And he mm-hmm. says that Gretchen had a lot of good ideas about how to kill the monster. Beautiful. Then he advises her to check the letter from her grandparents to see if it says when they're coming back. And that's weird because why wouldn't you have read the whole note? Yeah. Like I get they're being chased by a monster or something, but you just, you just read the whole note. It's not that long. It's not. Yeah. Well, whatever. You know, paper and these uh, horror anthology shows, they just never mix. Yeah. Gretchen says that there's nothing on the note about when they're going back. But then he points out that there's something on the back of the note. It says, P.S. Grandpa shot a monster while he was out hunting. We didn't tell you because we didn't want to scare you. Just don't disturb it and everything will be fine. All right. Clark says, oh, now they tell us. Which again, (laughs) it's your fault that all this happened. (laughs) But could you imagine if they, like, had never gone into that room and they just found this note and just said, oh, by the way, Grandpa shot a monster. Yeah, I know. And also, like, the monster would have woken up anyway. Like, it didn't just wake up because she moved the curtain. It would have woken up anyway. Yeah. They had all the locks on the, like, the door. Why didn't they put a lock on the door with the monster? (laughs) But not on the door with the monster. Makes no fucking sense. I don't get They wanted those kids to die. I don't know. A little bit. But then Gretchen continues reading because there's more to this uh, note. Okay. It says, PPS, there might no. be more of the monsters out there, so we're locking you in until we get back. Whatever happens, don't go out into the swamp after dark. How long are they going to be fucking gone? All right. Well... The kids look up into the sky, and it goes from evening to nighttime in an instant. Why, though? <laughs> because they looked. What? Is, okay, whatever. <laughs> Clark says, got any more ideas? As the camera zooms way out to show a swamp full of fountains of little bubbles. Indicating monsters, I guess. Okay, maybe that. Yeah, I guess that would indicate monsters. The end. <laughs> So, why are they even out in the swamp in the first place? You know, I, I uh, take it they I mean, they climbed out the coal chute, but wouldn't the coal chute have been, like, right next to their house? The plan was to just get out of the house, and then, I don't know, go find Grandma and Grandpa in the city? Okay. Maybe, like, the coal chute was a really long tunnel, like we just saw in the last episode, that they had to, like, go upside down in, and it led outside of the house, like, a ways or something? I guess that is the only explanation. I guess I just wanted to get away from the monster. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So, so that's a it's a decently fun episode, like a, a bona fide creature feature, which we haven't really gotten a lot of, actually. No, I liked it. It was fun. So if the monster exploded and their only threat in the house is gone, why didn't they just stay in the house? Yeah, that that would have been a better idea. But I guess also... No, yeah. no, you're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they should have stayed in the house. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like the swimming pool again. Something died in there. And it, oh, right. Always back to the swimming pool. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't have much less left to say about it. I, I really like the episode. Monsters are cool, and this one was no exception. 
uh, I like that they really went all out, and we got to see the monster a lot. Like, we got to see the yeah. whole body of the monster a lot, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, they, they didn't hide this monster. It was a man in a, or a woman in a rubber suit, and mm-hmm. it was rampaging, making elephant noises all over the house. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> too much, I'm going to say. A it little bit, Too yeah. much noise. A little too many noises, yeah. All right, well, that was a fun one. Um, yeah. What would you say is the moral of this episode? If you get dumped to your grandma and grandpa's, your parents want you dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's their way of saying, uh, it's been nice knowing you, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, try to survive this if you can. Yeah. Um, if your grandparents and your grandkids are dumped at your house, um, uh, mm-hmm. maybe don't lock them in, in the house with monsters. I mean, if you're trying to kill them, then do the opposite of that. But (laughs) (laughs) try not to. That's tough. I uh, it'd be a really tough one. I'm not a grandma, grandpa yet, but that'd be a tough one. A lot of moral obligations, and it's tricky. It's a fine line. Also, uh, kids don't like gumbo. That's a good one. Yeah, that's really the. It's a good moral. (laughs) The moral of the story is kids don't like gumbo. Kids don't like it. They don't. They probably don't like hot things. I don't. So. I, I like hot do, things, Brandon. and I, I wouldn't have liked that. All right. How to kill a monster. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that was a good name for this episode? No, I think it should have been called How to Kill Your Grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> also could have been called How Not to Kill a Monster, like a couple of times before finally getting it right on accident. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, how to prepare gumbo. Yeah, I learned a lot. <laughs> just throw <laughs> everything in there. Gumbo is just a hodgepodge of everything, yeah. How about, <laughs> let's get sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> These might be my favorite alternate names for an episode yet. <laughs> it's a really good one. These kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't want to do any more those are perfect okay (laughs) all right let's leave it there so Cortland, before we move on yeah let's meet these actors there's not very many in this episode no there's like four yeah there's four people so we'll start at the top with what i consider the main character it's gretchen gretchen she is played by courtney hawkrig okay it's a great name uh courtney has (laughs) 11 credits she has 11 credits this goosebumps episode was her first role which you okay. could probably tell because she's she was so not sweaty very out of it. it she was very nervous <laughs> so courtney has also been in a couple of other things including the virgin suicides and an episode of a tv show called the g-spot or just okay. g-spot <laughs> yeah why'd you put the the in there it's I just know. g-spot <laughs> <laughs> My mind just adds that in there. Her most recent role was in 2007, where she played Paige in a TV movie called Nature of the Beast. Oh, boy. Yeah, not much there to go on. Oh, my God, I'm looking at the cover of Nature of the Beast right now, and I hate it so much. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, yeah. It's a picture... <laughs> It's a picture of a 
a wolf man with giant mutton chops. Oh my god. The tagline says, I now pronounce you monster and wife. It's an ABC family movie. Oh, I want to stop looking at this. I'm exiting out of that. <laughs> All right, I'm exiting out on. of uh, I'm exiting out of Courtney. Boom. <laughs> Clark is played by Ricky Mabe. Cortland, did you recognize this actor? No, I didn't. Okay, well, we've seen Ricky before, because he played Zack in the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, The Tale of Jake the Snake. Oh. No, I didn't recognize him. He was a Not little even. bit older. Not Was he the one... Episode. He was the one that didn't eat the mice. He wasn't Wily. He was the one that was like, come on, man, fuck him up. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I I still don't really remember him, but that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, he was in it. His first role was in 1996, an episode of Space Cases, a show oh, that you Space sometimes Cases. remind me that exists. I do sometimes, yeah. I should quit that. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in 15 episodes of Arthur as Timmy Tibble. Mm-hmm. He was in Phantom of the Megaplex as Ricky. You love that movie. Gotta watch that again. I do love that movie. He was in 65 episodes of Mona the Vampire. I've never okay. heard of that. He was in the movies Zack and Mary Make a Porno, This is the End, mm-hmm. and The Disaster Artist. So oh, he's clearly in artist. with that that whole Seth Rogen, James yeah. Franco gang. Yeah. Interesting. I am too, but I'm not credited. No, you're not, which is a shame. <laughs> I know, I deserve that, but... James Franco was like, you can be in my movies, but I'm not going to credit you. And I was like, all right. Yeah, forget it then. <laughs> but he's still working. He's still doing things. So good for him. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Grandma Rose, who's played by Helen Hughes. Yeah. A delightfully so uh, she is, alliterative she, name. Rest in peace, Helen. She lived to be 100 years old. Good for her. I know, right? Awesome job, Miss Hughes. It's a long time. So her first role was in 1977 in a little movie called Outrageous, That's which not I'm outrageous. sure nobody remembers. Ooh, no offense. No. Um, she was in two episodes of The Littlest Hobo. Nice. I remember her from the movies Billy Madison and Tommy Boy. Yeah. Did she play the lunch lady in Billy Madison? No, she played the second grade teacher. Oh, right. Okay. It's a small role, but she's in it. She's and I think I think in Tommy Boy, she's the one in the boardroom who's like talking about the whores. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. I love her. Yeah, she is. She was also in an episode of Sci Factor Chronicles of the Paranormal. Perfect. And her final role was in a TV series called Sensitive Skin, where she played old woman. Oh, a perfect role. Yes. <laughs> yes. A she played it well, role really she well. was born to play. <laughs> right in her wheelhouse. There we go. <laughs> All right. And lastly, we have Grandpa Eddie, who's played by Peter Boretsky. Rest in peace, yeah. And uh, Peter is also passed away now. Yeah. But... He was in quite a lot of things. His first role, Cortland, was in 1958. Wow. That's old as fuck. Yeah, it is. 
So Peter was in 46 episodes of a series called King of Kensington from 1978 to 1980. That's a lot of episodes of an old TV show no one remembers. Yeah. He was also in an episode of the 80s Twilight Zone series. Nice, okay. Yeah, something we might see someday. Yeah. He was in an episode of Forever Night. Perfect. I'm liking what I'm hearing here. And his final role was in 1999 episode of The Outer Limits. The Outer Limits is a horror anthology show too, right? Yeah, it is. I believe it is, yeah. Okay. Maybe someday we'll have to look at that too. I, I'm sorry, I said that like like I didn't want to. <laughs> no, well, we're contractually obligated to watch it someday. Yes, yes we are. It'll take like a decade, but we get we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, eventually. That's our thing. Well, that's it, I think, for How to Kill a Monster. Done and done. Corlin, the next episode is called Calling All Creeps. Okay, alright. Well, uh, without looking at the book and title and everything, um, mm-hmm. my immediately thought, like, my immediate thought is Tommyknockers from Stephen King. Sure. I don't, uh, I don't know why. That's my immediate thought about it. <laughs> but let's take a look at this cover. Yep. Okay, this cover's dope as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, let's describe it for people. Okay. It definitely looks like Tommyknockers, so I I guess I must have seen this cover at some point, but I can't remember seeing it, so I don't know where that's coming from. Anyway, color-wise, it's gray of the Goosebumps writing, and then, like, pink in the background. (laughs) Doesn't really work, but it's fine, sure. This cover, though, oh my god. So, it's a telephone booth that is just chock full of lizard people <laughs> in 90s clothing busting at the seams with lizard peeps it's got lizard people i love it they got like raptor heads and and like tail and arms and stuff but they're in like 90s clothes it's great it's yeah. the perfect cover i think um they're just like hanging out in a telephone booth one of them's got like the receiver in their hand like they're making an outbound call and I don't know what the fuck they're doing, why they're doing that. Are they making prank phone calls? Why are they in that telephone booth? But the tagline. creeps. Oh, they're calling the other. Okay, that makes sense. So maybe it's kind of like, well, let me get to the tagline first. So tagline, just dial 555 creep. That's the not num- the that's best their phone tagline. number. No, it's not. So maybe this is kind of like one of those. Um, what's the movie? Uh, the one that, like, Super Specs was based off of. What was that called? Oh, They Live? Yeah, maybe it's kind of like a They Live episode, where people are normal 90s attired teenagers <laughs> that are secretly lizard people. Interesting. I mean, that's, that's definitely what it's gonna be, but, but I don't know what they're gonna do. Some kid's gonna be like, hey, there's lizard people in that telephone booth, and nobody's gonna believe them, and then it's a conspiracy, and they gotta stop the lizard people. Well, Cortland, I don't really remember this episode very much. Ooh, that's a good sign. (laughs) So, So, you may be right. You're probably right. Let's say you're right. Okay. (laughs) That's it. You nailed it. I'm so good at this. Maybe. Well, let's hope the episode lives up to this cover. I know, this cover's really good. <laughs> really fun looking. I would read this book. Alright, let's read it. No, I don't have time for that. <laughs> It'll take like 35 seconds. No, it'll take a whole afternoon. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to this. I'm excited. Okay, well, 
That's uh, that's exciting. That's next week for us. All right. Calling all creeps. I've been up all night, and I'm very sleepy. Same. I will talk to you next week, Cortland. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. It's Gator.